As Pastor said, I'm Ian. I'm the co-youth director with my lovely wife, Kathleen, and we just love the youth. We love what God is doing in the youth as well. want to thank Pastors Eric and Erica as well for entrusting me with the word this week. They're amazing, guys. Get to know them if you get a chance. So, guys, the holidays are upon us. I don't know about you, but it like snuck up on me this, this year, like it always does, right? So make your lists. I'm sure that they're long. And make sure to come to Christmas Express. It's, it's going to be an awesome event. Make sure to invite people. This is the opportunity to invite people to an event that we normally don't do. So as you already know, we're in our Flawed Hero series, and I just want to continue to build on the foundation that pastors have already set. In week one, we talked about Samson, how God used him, even though he was disobedient, womanizing, and and a rageful murderer, as Pastor Eric put it. That's some good wordplay right there. Week two, Pastor Eric talked about Joshua, Caleb, and the spies, and the importance of watching your tongue. Ouch. Week three, Gideon talked, talked about how we talked, spoke about how God, the word of God, builds our faith. And it sure does. So I want to go ahead and talk about Isaiah this week. There's a lot to uncover. And then Jason, our worship leader, is going to close out the series. And I'm excited for that as well. So I don't know if you guys ever read the book of Isaiah before, but it's a big book. It's like a mini Bible, guys. The fa- in fact, it's the most cited prophetic book in both the New Testament and rabbinic literature, often referred to as the fifth gospel. So the first 39 chapters are like the books of the Old Testament, literally, just like there's 39 books. I'm sorry, I said chapters. There's 39 books of the Old Testament. It's just filled with judgment. It's filled with everybody living any kind of way that they want, living in a moral, not really caring about what God thinks or what anybody else thinks. And then the final 27 chapters declare a message of hope, just like the 27 books. I said chapters again. Just like the 27 books of the New Testament. It's funny how God does that. It's kind of like ironic, but not really. So Isaiah did his ministry about 40 to 60 years. He surpassed the reigns of four kings. Basically, he was in ministry up until the careers of four kings. Talk about going the distance, guys. That's, that's somebody to follow right there. Extra biblical sources say that through his death, he was tied to a tree, apparently, and was sawed in two by, by King Manasseh while being tied to this tree. That's a horrible way to die, I just want to say. So I cannot get into all of that. If you guys want to do a study on, on that book, it'll be a great and long study. I recommend it. But for the remainder of our time, I want to go ahead and focus on chapter 5 and chapter 6. But before we do that, if you could please bow your heads and pray with me. God, I thank you so much for this word that you have placed in my heart, Lord God. I believe it's a word that you have for people in season, for me and everybody else here. God, I pray that you would speak through me, Lord God, and that everybody here would get touched today. They would be blessed, and they would come out lighter, feeling like they have a purpose and a reason this season, Lord God. We thank you, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so chapter 5. As you guys know, God loves us, right? And he loves, he loves his people, and he's committed to his people. But during this time of Israel 
and Judah and the whole world for that matter. It was just filled with such sin and judgment that it was disgusting. It was a disgusting kind of sin that basically the people didn't, they didn't want to stop sinning. And God likens it to calling it six woes. Basically, six afflictions. If I were to describe a woe to you, it'll be like an affliction, something that really grieves God's heart. Like, I'm a, my profession, I'm a paralegal. So at work, we do lawsuits. And on lawsuits, we put counts, which are like charges against a certain person or company for what they did. So this right here, I'm going to go over with you guys the six charges that these people were committing against God. And it was grieving his heart to the point that he's like, listen, if these people don't change, I'm going to have to judge them. They're going to have to get what, what, what's coming to them because they refuse to do things my way when my way is best for them. So here are the charges, guys. The first woe is greed. The second woe is the love for alcohol. The third woe is blasphemy. We need to park the car on that because blasphemy is dangerous, guys. Blasphemy, blasphemy is basically showing disrespect for God's name. It's basically like people just blatantly sinning and saying, all right. I'm a sinner. I don't care what your word has to say. What are you going to do about it, God? Do something about it. That's, I, I think whoever would want to challenge God in that way is insane. I just want to say. So they would, they would boldly sin and challenge God. And instead, they would worship these fake gods. They would worship these gods that really had no life with them, inside them. And then they would promote it to the people living in the area. Oh, this is the way. Let's go worship this stone god. And let's bow down to this man-made figure and let's continue to have a party while we worship this God. They were so attached to their sins that they did not want to let them go. So back to the woes. The fourth woe is perversion, calling good evil and evil good. The fifth woe is arrogance and the sixth woe is corruption. And now we can start to get into the story. This is where Isaiah steps in right around the sixth chapter, and I want to go ahead and put that on the screen for you. We're going to be doing Isaiah 6, 1 through 8, and I'm going to read it to you. It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door was shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me. This is Isaiah. Woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he's taken from the tongues of the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Amen. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. Now, I know there's a lot in there, and I promise you we're not going to cover all of that. But I definitely want to just recap and highlight some of what was, was just read right over there. So this King Uzziah, you know, he started off good. You know, he started off doing the things of the Lord, following his reign, trying to please the Lord, and, and basically wanting to be 
a righteous king. He didn't want to follow the path of many of the other kings in the past who decided to do evil because they had the power and the authority to do so. But sadly enough, despite the fact that he started off well, he started to become prideful. He started to overstep his boundaries. And then he even started to burn some incense in the temple. And God got so mad at him that he struck him with leprosy. Just imagine just a, an outbreak of rashes all over, your, all over you, and then it's like people don't even want to be around you. You're like the plague. Like you can't even come to church because you're just filled with this leprosy. And because of that, he was not permitted to go into the temple anymore. So I could just picture Isaiah just doing his thing. You know how we're talking about the flawed heroes of faith, right? Now, Isaiah, it doesn't mention too much in the Bible how Isaiah was flawed, but I want to break down to you how he recognized how he was flawed. So he was just doing his thing one day, and all of a sudden he gets a vision. Imagine you're just like, you're reading or something, right? And then you all of a sudden start to dream, but you're awake. And then God starts to talk to you while you're awake, while you're having these visions. And he talks to you through angels. And angels come, and they basically give a representation of who God is. And they're just saying how holy and pure he is. And they start singing to you, saying, holy, 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 the Lord of hosts is. When Isaiah had, was blessed enough to have this vision, he started to recognize how much of a mess he was how dirty he was, how unclean and unfit he was to be in a presence of a holy and beautiful, most perfect God. And then to make matters worse, he said, I'm a part of these people who are doing all these woes, all this craziness. I dwell amongst these people of unclean lips. But then what happens? A seraphim comes in with a, with a piece of coal and touches his lips. It's like God using this seraphim to touch his lips. And what's with, with coal? And what's the representation of the coal? The coal represents God's removal of sin. God directly and specifically wanted to take away his sin and show him that he was now clean, that he was now fit to be to, fit to worship him. He was now fit to be used by him. So then after he recognized that, he was like, wow, God, I thank you so much for doing that. So then now let's go back to God. God basically goes, well, guess what? We still have a bunch of people who are dirty. We still have a nation that's a mess. Who am I going to send to this nation to be able to let them know that if they don't change their ways, I'm going to judge them? Who will be willing to go? And Isaiah is fired up. He's fired up and he's ready. He said, you know what, God? I know that I was unworthy. I know that I was not perfect. I know that I have issues. But send me. I'll go. I'll take the brunt of it. I will go ahead and be your mouthpiece. So praise God for that. Now that we talked about Isaiah, I told you I wanted to make it brief. But now that we talked about Isaiah, let's talk about you and me. What are three things that we can gather from this, this passage of Scripture in Isaiah? And I want to start with this first. If I had to leave you with three things, guys, these are the three things that I want you to go home and to meditate on throughout the week. Now, point number one, you don't need to be clean when you come to God, but are you willing to let God clean you up? 
I'll say it again. You don't need to be clean to come to God, but are you willing to let God clean you up? Now, I hear this a lot. Uh, I hear this a lot from a lot of people because I guess there's a lot of there's a lot of misconceptions, right, when having a relationship with God. And one of the biggest misconceptions is I'm not re- I'm not ready to come to God. I still have a lot of things that I need to work out. I'm still too I'm I'm still not clean enough. I don't know if God would really want to accept me the way that I am. Or another excuse is, you know what? I know God is real, but I don't want to really give up my old life. I like the way I'm living. I'm I'm happy. I got my I got my job. I got my friends. I got my my family. I don't really want to do anything else. I don't want to change much. Or another one might be, you know, I think I passed my prime. I think I just want to relax in a villa or somewhere up north, you know, in, a, in a, not a cabin, but a nice huge house that I can go to a few, a few times a year. I mean, that sounds great. I get it. It really does. Now that I think about it, it's freezing outside. So, you know, and, and then there's, there's that, like, but these excuses, guys, they wear us out and they stop us from doing and going forward of what God wants us to do in our lives. So I get it. And, and one, another huge excuse, which I've said before, and which I'm sure a lot of people in here, they can relate with this one. I'm overwhelmed with work. I'm too busy. I'm stressed out. I can't even deal with the kids right now. I don't even want to deal with people. I just want to go home after being on 96 for an hour and a half and I just want to relax. I get that, guys. I really do. But check this out. When you know that you've been touched by God, you act differently. When you know that you've been touched by God, you act differently. I want to bring it back to Isaiah. Once he was touched by that burning coal, he was no longer thinking about the past. He was no longer thinking about how unclean he was or how much of a mess he was. He was starting to think, I have a mission right now. God has sent me on a mission. God deemed me to be worthy enough because there are people out there that are dying if I don't get up and say something because nobody else is getting up to say it. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. He wasn't playing any more games. Which leads me to my next point. God's plan might not be your plan. Newsflash. God's plan might not be your plan. You know, we, we all get so caught up on how we want things to look in our life. And they could be good things. And we work so hard, don't we? Just to be in a certain place in life, thinking that it would find us happiness. Just to have a certain, a certain status or just to have a, a, a place of safety for our family. And the moment that things do not start working out for us and we start to see things go south, we start to get angry and frustrated because things are not happening the way that we want them to. They're not on our timeline because our timeline is right away, right? (laughs) Well, here's another newsflash. When you start to give your life to God, you are no longer your own. You are no longer your own. That means God can use you and do with you whatever he wants, however he wants, because he is the God in the heavens and he does whatever he pleases. 
And thank God for that because he doesn't change. He's not shakable. He's not movable. So sometimes God will do something in your life, and it might, be, it, might t- it might be a season, a couple of years, where you feel like you're taking back steps. Because sometimes the things of God don't make sense. In, in, our, in our mind, we're like, God, but this feels like I'm going backwards. This feels like I, I, I'm actually going slower. But there's a reason that we don't understand why God does certain things. Maybe it's to teach us something. Maybe it's for somebody else. Maybe it's because he just wants to get us up to speed to what the bigger picture is and what he really wants to do. So as a result, what do people do? They opt for the latter. They say, no, you know what? I'm, I'm good on, on this. I think I'm going to do things my way. I think it just feels better. I've heard that a lot, too. I really have. I think I'm just going to do things my way. So I read an article um, from The Atlantic by Tim Keller. And it's entitled, American Christianity's Due for a Revival. Our society is secularizing, and Christianity seems to be in the long-term decline. So this, this article basically talked about how a lot of people don't want to be associated with the religion anymore. They just want to come up with their own identity. They want to have their own religion. They want to do things their way. They want to make things their terms so that they can feel comfortable. And they don't want to really include God because he could just be too bossy sometimes. So look what it says. Look what it says in this excerpt that I read. As of 2021, the number of religious nuns, people who don't identify with any established religion in the U.S., had grown to nearly 30% of the population, while professing Christians constituted 63%, down from 75% only a decade ago. The Pew Research Center recently projected the future of this trend in three of its four scenarios. The percentage of Christians plunges to less than half the population by 2070, and in none does the trend reverse and the church grow. Wow. They sure have some hope on people of faith and Christianity, huh, guys? They're basically saying it's got the Christians, people living for Christianity and people living for a relationship of God, it's basically going to go down to half. So why even waste your time? How does that make you feel as as a Christian in this room that they're basically saying you're serving a dying religion that will plunge to half by 2070? That makes me feel a certain kind of way. So how can we change this? How can we be the ones to basically defy this article and let them know who our God is and let them know the beauty and the awesomeness of serving him and, and, what it, and what he does to a life that's completely surrendered to him. Well, the first thing we need to do is we need to stop looking at ourselves. We need to stop being so focused on our life and what we want. I'm not saying neglect yourself. No, you need to take care of yourself. You need to take care of your family. What I'm saying is live a life that you're devoted for serving others, that you're living for the benefit of others. Because when you take the time to live for somebody else, you lifting them up will help you to lift up the lack and the struggles you might be going through in your own life. So that leads me to my final point, which is you were born for this. You were born for this. So I've been seeing a common theme as we talk about what's going on in Isaiah's time versus some of the things we're going on that are going on right now. History is cyclical. What do I mean by cyclical? 
Well, Cambridge Dictionary defines cyclical as happening as a complete set of events that repeat themselves regularly in the same order or in a regularly repeated period of time. So basically, everything that's, that's happened in this Bible is just repeating itself, and it's happening right now. People are still sinning. Nothing has changed. You can literally turn to any part of the Bible, and if you're living an open and honest relationship to, with God, it will speak to you. It will speak to your situation. Because let's look at the world that we live in today, guys. If you want to compare it to the woes, people are still greedy. People are still lovers of alcohol and drugs. People are still defying God and attached to their sins and don't want to let them go. We're still seeing evil being called good more and more in this generation. And arrogance and corruption is at an all-time high. It is no different than what was said in Isaiah 5, 11 and 12. If you could put that on the screen for me, please. Woe to those who rise early in the morning that they may follow intoxicating drink who continue until night till wine inflames them. The harp and the strings, the tambourine and flute and wine are in their feasts, but they do not regard the work of the Lord nor consider the operation of his hands. So I get it. This in a literal sense is talking about an alcoholic who just loves his alcohol. He needs it everywhere he or she goes. But I'm more focused about the spiritual aspect of it. And what's the spiritual aspect? It's a heart posture. It's basically saying that they do not want to be uncomfortable and they just want to live their lives as happy as they can be. And they will do whatever it takes in order to find that happiness. So here's my question to you guys. Do you serve God only when it feels right or when it feels comfortable? What if God is calling you to do something right now? And you've been ignoring the call. You've been putting it off because it just doesn't make sense in your mind. What if I got to take a pay cut? What if I have to change around my schedule to be with family more? What if God wants me to get involved more in the church or, or, or talk to some neighbor or talk to somebody that I really don't want to talk to for whatever reason? Because think about it, guys. Out of all these giftings, God gave these flawed heroes of faith. He gave it to them so that they can tell others about him and they can talk about how good he is so that, he can, so that they can decide to turn against their ways and decide to follow the ways of God. Yo, God used Isaiah to give a vision of when the Messiah, Jesus Christ, was going to come. In the Old Testament, I don't have it up on the screen, but I'll read it to you. It says chapter 7, 14. All right, then. Isaiah ended up telling King Ahaz, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So just like Isaiah got this prophecy that Jesus was coming, imagine what kind of prophecy God will give you to speak to other people, if you just decided to surrender your life to him, if you just decided to spend some more time with him, oh man, your life will look so much more different. Because here's the reality, guys. There are still many people who do not know the Lord, even in your own backyard. 
Come on. Like, I know, I know across the world we got these remote villages where they never even heard the gospel. They don't even know what Jesus Christ is. And there's people going out there and they're doing that, that, that calling because the, the Bible does say the gospel will preach to all the worlds and all the nations and then the end will come. But I'm focusing on Michigan right now. I'm talking about people who don't even know God personally or people who, are, who, are, who say that they're Christians, but they're not really acting like Christians because they don't even have a good example of what a Christian is. These are the people that I'm focusing on. Guys, it's, it's too late in the game. We cannot show up to church anymore and just clock in and clock out and then go about our weeks anymore and say, oh, you know, I did my good deed for the, for the day. Yeah, that was a long day. That was early. Oh, you know, now I can go just enjoy the rest of my week and then think about it next Sunday. No. You have to be invested in this. You have to allow God to speak to you every single day. You have to make time for him every single day. Start to pray for people. Ask God, God, wake up in the morning and say, God, what do you want me to do today? What do you have for me today? Who do I need to help today? Who is dying around me? Who is hurting right now? What can I do to make a difference today? Be willing to go where God takes you. So as the worship team comes up, I want to I leave you with this. First Peter 4, 7 and 8 says, But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. There's a lot going on, as you guys know. You have to be awake and aware of what God is doing and what God wants to show you during this time. There are many distractions, many new inventions. And, what is, and you know, there's nothing wrong with getting into things. But here's the deal. A lot of these distractions just fill our minds up to the point that we're overloaded, that we don't want to take the time to spend time with God. Our heart might want to, but our mind and our willingness is not because there's only so much that we can handle, guys. You know, I know, I know it feels like we got to be Superman sometimes, but there's only so much that our, this brain can take. So we have to be willing to set it inside and say, you know what, God, I want to spend time with you today. I want to know what you're speaking today, not what the news is speaking. Because just like God casted judgment on all those other nations, what makes you think he's not going to cast judgment on us or that he wouldn't? You might be saying, oh, Ian, but you're being doom and gloom now. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. Have you looked at the news lately? If I don't warn you, I'm not doing my job. But there is good news. I said there is good news. The good news is that you can have a renewed relationship with Jesus today. So I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm sorry if you came to just, you know, sit. I know sometimes I like just sitting, getting comfortable and, and just receiving. It's great. But I want to do something a little different today. Men, all of you, I believe in here, God is speaking to, and God has a calling for you, and there's more that God wants you to do. But you might need, a, you might need to renew that commitment with him. You might need to take some time in reflection and say, where am I at with you, God? What should I be doing that I'm not doing right now? So I'm going to call all of you in just a minute to come up to the front, whoever this message spoke to. 
whoever, whoever feels like God is tugging at your heart and he wants to do something big and he has something for you, but you've kind of been putting it off because you just don't know how to do it. You're juggling too much. I get it. That's a little bit vulnerable, isn't it? It's kind of hard because there's a lot of people around that know you and that know what you're about. And you, you're, you might be concerned about what they think. Well, listen, you cannot be concerned about what anybody thinks because this is for you. You need this. You need this. This is your Isaiah moment. Don't miss it because you're worried about who might be looking. This is your time to pour your, your heart out with God just to say, God, I need you. Help me to have a renewed mind. Help me to have a renewed heart. Show me what you want to do through me in this generation. I want to be used like Isaiah was. I want to stop people from going to hell. And I want people to know what it means to have a loving relationship with Jesus. If you can all stand to your feet at this moment. Um, the worship team is going to play you a song for a few minutes. Now, if that spoke to you in any way, I want to encourage you to come up and just spend some time to talk with God, then I will be back up to pray. God bless you guys.